Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. It's a pretty exciting weekend of motorsport all over the world. We start off at Holland for MotoGP, that was at Assen. Uh, we go to Kenya in Africa for uh, World Rally Championship, America for IMSA, and of course there's NASCAR and Formula E as well. We go back to Holland to catch up with the F1 Academy girls at Zandvoort. And then we got a full roundup of Silverstone, because that's where I was for the weekend, enjoying the sunshine and lots of different uh, motor racing there. Crazy Catrums. I presume crazy Catrums were there. Well, they weren't so crazy, but there was also <laughs> F4, there was Brick Car. That's because you're not on the grid anymore. That's why it's so crazy. <laughs> I've got a bad name, actually, but uh, we'll come on to that a bit later on. I'm going to start off, though, Tiff, with a little bit of housekeeping, because we do get some feedback, and I really appreciate all the comments that come on, on to, uh, uh, we get on here. But... We don't get many views. We get hardly any no. views. I went to Silverstone over the weekend. There were thousands of people. Motorsport is loved all over the world, and we don't get many views. And I... It's algorithms. I'm yeah. always getting told, I don't know what algorithms are. Yes, you must tell your friends. We get people loving it. We're probably the only little YouTube that does a around-the-world um, you know, catch-up and talks about motorsport and everything else. So, uh, And it's wanted to get more people involved, but I'm going to talk about rallying a bit later. Not one of my brilliant ideas I've got. And we love to see people saying whether we're rubbish or good or bad. And that's apart from that Dutch bloke that just thinks we're anti-Holland completely, but we'll ignore him. Uh, but uh, yes, so please, yeah, please subscribe, tell your friends, have a listen, have a watch. Yeah, I think, you to do. And, and it's good because I got some feedback over the weekend. There's lots of people came up to me and said, love the podcast, which is great. Uh, really appreciate that as well. But one of the big uh, bears with a lot of people, bugbears with a lot of people, is the audio. So we we are looking at different uh, options at the moment just to take it to another level. But it's very hard when you get – it's a bit of a chicken-egg situation. But we are getting there. So uh, tell your friends, and we love what we do, and we want to share the uh, amazing – Joys of motorsport exactly. and bringing British, heroic, British efforts to uh, – we are mainly a British channel, though we are global. You know, we like to pick up young British drivers and doing things around the world. Well, there's some good things happening with British drivers, long overdue MotoGP, and I'll let you kick off with yes. that. With, uh, yes, uh, we're uh, going to uh, go uh, to MotoGP. And the story of the weekend, the best story of the whole weekend, and we're not talking the top-class MotoGP, where obviously Mark Marquez is probably the more important global uh, problem with MotoGP to, to discuss. But no, it's finally a win for Jake Dixon, our uh, GP2 rider that wears his heart on his sleeve. He's the most amazing character. He's loved by everybody. And, um, you know, he, he, he's fought his way up to the ranks. You know, he did superbikes for a couple or two or three years, I think. And he became a front runner, you know, got a couple of wins. And then he chose to go Moto2. And a lot of the British superbike riders stay in British superbikes forever. Um, but, he, you know, he got ambitious. Um, and he's now in his fifth year of, of, of Moto2. And he spent the first three seasons uh, getting nowhere. I think his best championship result was 18th overall. So he, he wasn't really a star when he hit Moto2s. Um, and it is quite a different bike, obviously, to Superbikes. But then all of a sudden, last year, he joined, uh, he switched teams and went to this Spanish Gas Gas Aspar team. I love and it just name. clicked. <laughs> and and he, he, he turned from a nobly in Moto2 to a front runner all last year. And he had, what, six podiums, but he couldn't get the couldn't win. Couldn't get the win. Couldn't get the win. He kept qualifying well. <laughs> He's a bit of a slow start in race. He seems to set his bike up for the race because yep. tyre wears, same as Formula One. You know, you've got to make your tyres last year. And he's always one that comes from sort of sixth to third in the last 10 laps of the race. Uh, but finally, uh, Adam Aston, you know, in his gasket, he qualified third, qualified better than normal. 
And it was an amazing race as well, but he had to really fight for it. It was a fabulous uh, battle for third. It was a three-way fight, really, for the lead by the time that the race settled. Uh, the Japanese kid was out front, Ai Ogura, and, and Jake was battling with Pedro Costa, you know, this highly rated kid we all thought was going to be the next superstar. Uh, but Jake had caught him, was pressuring him and pressuring him. And it was an amazing moment. I mean, obviously, you know, maybe um, Acosta's bike wasn't as well as it has been and he was struggling for grip. But he drops it onto his knee. Going to the chicane, there's a, there's a right, left, right as you start the finish lap. At, uh, as, and, and you see the front goes from under him. This is Acosta, right in front. We're looking on Jake's camera because he's following him, trying to get past him to get to the lead. And Acosta just holds it on his knee and stands it back up again. He had to straight line the chicane. Unbelievable. Um, so, you know, Jake got by. They lost a whole load of ground to Agura. Agura was sort of, you know, looked like three seconds up the road. So we all thought, well, you know, Jake's never going to catch. Acosta, Pedro Acosta. <laughs> Honestly, the um, side story, really. Because he, when he straight lined the chicane to avoid crashing, he, he broke the track limits, which he'd already had a warning. So, and when he came out of the chicane, he actually looked over to Jake as if to say, right, I'll let you by because I've nearly crashed in front of you and, you and you haven't hit me. I've obviously held you up. So he let Jake into second and then he got the funny run-through penalty. So he had to do the long lap. And to add to a bit more controversy, on the long lap, the competitors noticed that he just touched the green on the apex of the long lap, which to everybody else has happened ever since long laps and these very strict track limits, which are easily seen in bikes. That's the thing, you know, car people say, well, you know, why can't we do a bike still? Well, bikes, as soon as those little two thin tyres are on green bit, it's very visible. But, he, but normally that means you have to do the long lap again. But they didn't make a cost to do it for some reason. So it's quite a bit of um, a cost of favouritism being shouted at by his competitors. But anyway, we Speaking of favouritism, uh, I know who was the happiest that uh, Jake's win. Do you know who was the happiest? Well, Susie will be yeah, in tears. Exactly, so. yeah. <laughs> she was the moon. So now Jake started this you know, catchy Agura. And we didn't think he'd yeah. make it. And then he was relentless, relentless. And he got onto the back of Oguro now. They're all struggling. It was very, very hot in acid. They're all struggling for tyre grip. But again, Jake had kept his bike, you know, better tyre conditions than the others, maybe. But it was all a bit heart in mouth with two laps to go. Um, he outbraked him into turn one. He came up, she came with better traction. But then he, he sort of moved Oguro almost off track in the braking zone. I think it was almost a slight touch. I think you could tell the commentators, myself, I was thinking, oh, God, he's going to get a flipping penalty now. No, he's going to get a penalty for contact. And I think everybody, we couldn't get too carried away with the wings. Everyone was sort of slightly breathing in to think, oh, he's going to get a penalty. But he didn't get the penalty, and he stood on top of that podium. He was on his knees. He was in tears. The world was in tears. And the other riders were not, I know Agura was a bit peed off, I think, but Acosta sort of said, I finished there, but I'm so happy for Jake. I think he's absolutely loved by any, everyone in the paddock. Brilliant. It was his 74th Moto2 race, and he's finally had that win, which, I mean, we all thought he'd actually be a big championship contender this year, but he had yeah. a, just had a bad start to the year, didn't quite get going. He's now up to third, um, but he, I think he's just a bit too many points away from Arbolino and Acosta, I think, of the front two. are gonna One of those is going to win the championship, I think, Jake, unless something really strange happens. Um, so, yeah, wonderful. Super headline, super happy story. And uh, the man from Dover, and he talks about, you know, he's come from his hard way up through the dives, and, you know, that's brilliant. Yep, good um, for him. What up, Jake? So you mentioned Sam Lowe's our other British rider. He qualified fifth, but dropped down to finish 11th. Didn't have such a good race. So, sorry, Sam. And no joy for the Brits in Moto3 either. 
Scott Ogden qualified 13th, which is better. He come back a bit, but then he, I think he went right and went through the gravel, finished 22nd. Josh Watley crashed out. Um, Moto 3 won by Spain's Masia, who closed the gap on another Spain, Daniel Holgado. Spanish are good at bikes, aren't they? They're all over they the are, place. They, they, really run, they run the best teams, because Jake's were the Spanish teams. Spanish, Italians, and the French. A little bit of history, but mainly the Spanish, I guess. Yeah, Spanish seems loop. So anyway, absolutely wonderful stories. Uh, the MotoGP itself, to get back to the sort of international story of the week, it was Mark Marquez, who's just just in the wars. We've talked every last few races we've followed about him crashing. He's trying to make the Honda go faster than it's able to go. Um, and after his five crashes in in Germany, where he battered himself up, they found out afterwards he'd not only broken his hand, he's, he's, he had a fracture his hand, his ankle and a rib. So he's pretty battered. But in qualifying, he runs into the back of Bastianini. Um, and I think Bastianini, they all sort of, he'd, he'd backed off. So he was trying to be a bit like in Formula One. He was pulling away to the side. And for some reason, Marcus just slammed into the back of him. I think Marcus says he was actually backing off and looking behind him to let other faster riders through, so not to hold people up. And he goes to the back and so down he goes again. Qualifies 17th, did the sprint race. And it finished 17th, but he was just in too much pain and he pulled out of the Grand Prix. And you know, he's got another year's contract with Honda through to the end of 2024. But uh, the Honda boss, um, Alberto Puig, uh, says he can leave Honda if he wants to, but where he can get a seat, nobody knows who wants him. I think, I think any team manager would want him, but you know, so many teams they've got their contractual riders. He just won't back off. He hasn't, no. he hasn't got a. He's not really hot headed. He's just trying to make a Honda go faster than the Honda wants to go. Um, and he's such a character, you know, it's such a shame. What's the opposite so, of smooth? No, he's smooth. I think he's smooth. You I think wouldn't so? say smooth. Yeah, I, I, I'm not very, really um, educated enough to. I think someone like Jack Miller sort of rags his bike around, and so does Brad Binden. Yeah, but they There's stay quite on. a few that. Typically. Well, not Mark Miller didn't stay on this one. So that was a bad time to say Miller stayed on because he, he probably dumped it at the Grand Prix. Maybe he's just um, like unbelievably super ultra competitive and just can't resign to the fact that that Honda's not as fast as yeah. anything, anything else out there. So, But we all need Mark Marquez back on a competitive bike. He's now going to miss the next race, so he'll be back having more, more operations to various bones in his body, poor man. Amazing sure. character. Um, anyway, Marco Bezzecchi won the sprint race in the uh, VR46 satellite Ducati, holding off Francesca Bagnaia, who's just dominating this season, really, to be honest. Bagnaia led briefly, but it wasn't it wasn't a frantic sprint race like the ones we've had. Um, uh, Brad Bindo is always very dramatic, always. He was third in the sprint race, but then he... Um, He'd done a green, green, touch the green on the last lap. The first, if, it, if you get your warning and then you do it the second or third after the warning, you get to do a long lap loop. But if it's on the last lap, you get, I think it's a five second penalty. So Binder didn't get on the podium and actually handed third place to Fabio Quattararo, the French rider on Yamaha. That's also having a miserable time, also as miserable as Mark Marquez, his year in a Honda. <laughs> um, he qualified fourth, though, this out of, out of the blue, really, Quattararo. Um, and although he, he so he got on the podium by default of Binder in the sprint race, but then he he had a huge shunt in the main race. He went down to the very fast corner and tumbled and looked very hurt and winded. So uh, Quattro makes a brief comeback to glory and then back in the gravel. Um, in the main race, Bagnaia put um, put all the Ducati um, satellite teams back in their place, beat Bezeki to in the main race to win again. 
So Bang Night's looking pretty good for another title, I reckon. Um, and Binder, Binder finished third again on the road. And guess what he did on the last lap of the race? Tried to hold third. He touched the green and had to get put back to fourth. So Binder lost two podiums. Um, and, he, and he gave that second race podium. It was quite good. It wasn't all Ducati domination quite so much because um, Binder dropping out. First, it gave Yamaha a podium in the sprint, and then it gave Aprilia, Aprilia a podium in the second, in the main race with Alex Espargaro. So always good stuff. Assen, the Dutch love them. It's a brilliant track for, for bike racing. Huge crowd. No, it's very much a bike. They do do some more uh, national circuit. And there's no big international races. I think DTM went there once, maybe. But uh, it's one of the uh, bike world's favourite places. And huge crowds and great atmosphere. Good. Let's so, go to Kenya. Yes, I mean, it was a safari rally. It was a typical rough, rugged, car-beating and, of course, nowadays they're, they're running these sort of sprint rally cars pretty much. You know, like Le Mans is now a sprint. You know, it was in the old days with Mr. Curbs. So, you know, the Safari Rally used to be an endurance event, but it's still tough. And uh, Toyota repeated the one, two, three, four finish they got last year. Well, let's um, not forget they, they, did, they did for uh, when they had the problems going through North Africa. They, they actually took uh, the Dakar there as well, didn't they? So um, yeah. for, for a few yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, Toyota, they're rugged. So Toyota dominate, But it was actually a very close race. It was more a question of which Toyota had the least damage during the event. <laughs> I mean, Seb Ogier, uh, once again, when he won it at the end, and he, and he showed his apprentice, Kali Rovampera, the, the young pretender, as it were, how to survive a safari. But even then, he, it was only about 6.7 seconds apart at the end. Um, I think Ogier went through a bit of a bush with the back of the car. And it ripped his wing and his tailgate off. So then the car's full of dust. They all had dust in their faces and muck. I mean, amazed. They were all overheating. And there was rain and lakes. I mean, it's a real endurance. And who, is, who is the Audi driver, the rally guy that I know? That, that I don't know. I, I interviewed him at the end of the, the race. Who was that? Walter Roll. When end of which uh, remember, event? Remember at the end of Dakar that time. At the end of uh, Dakar. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, but but um but I asked him was, what does he prefer? That was Walter Roll. It was Walter Roll. I said, what do you yeah. prefer, the dust and the heat or the or the mud? And they actually prefer the dust to to drive on, but certainly not in the car. But they said the mud's just horrible, and you're getting stuck all uh, the time. Alfred uh, Evans again, the, the Toyota bridesmaid, finished third. In fact, he was battling with Takamoto Katsuta for that third place of the podium, but he got out ahead of him in the end. Um, so yeah, world of endurance rallying, um, dominated by uh, Toyotas, but. Now, moving on. Not what's, your, not, what's your brainwave? What's your idea? Not, not reflecting what happens in the, in the Kenyan rally, because obviously the safari is tough, but everybody punctures in rally. Now, rally, as I've just said, the world rages now, they're so fast, it's a sprint event, especially the tarmac events and the, you know, the, even on the loose gravels, they're, they're separated by tenths of seconds. Amazingly close competition, which is brilliant. The problem is now that if you get a puncture, because it's so close and the whole rally's decided on seconds instead of the old days going back, you'd win by five minutes, you know, or a lot big gaps in the olden days. So I've come up with a brilliant theory to make rallying better. <laughs> Here we go. Because if you have a puncture now, you're out of the rally. Yeah. You know, that's it it's pretty so much. Tight. Yeah. Because it's so tight. And, you know, we had this situation with Ogier, not only did he have a puncture, he then got penalised because he didn't put his seatbelts back on because obviously you're rushing to get in the car as soon yeah. as possible. His hands device wasn't right, so he got more penalties and penalties. So, because it's all sat now for everything, there's cameras in every car. I would now, as soon as the car comes to a halt to when it moves again, that time is taken off your stage time. 
So instead of losing one and a half minutes, you might lose 10 seconds, right? Which will make it more exciting and not make the lottery of a puncture ruin your rally. Now, I've already had someone on Twitter. I suggest this brilliant idea on Twitter. <laughs> I know people always think my ideas are stupid, but I do want some serious rally comments below on the YouTube. Go to the YouTube and not yeah, listen maybe, on the... Yeah, maybe, maybe you because, get a one, one well, freebie, one two-minute, one free. You're not allowed to start until two minutes. Well, no, you've only got, well, you've only got two tires, so you can't, you know, you, go, you can only stop for tires twice. You can't yeah. carry more tires. If you have a third puncture... I mean, I've already had someone on Twitter saying, ah, oh, part of the skill of rallying is not getting punctures. But my point is now, they're so fast, they're so committed, they set it into a corner. And if a rock has been bounced out into the line ahead of Absolutely. you, you can't miss it, Absolutely. you're committed. Yeah. So, you know, I think hitting rocks and getting punctures is a lottery. Yeah. And sometimes it just spoils what would have been or could have been a really exciting yeah. rally and lead someone winning by two minutes when it should be two seconds. So, so, so who I, really came up with this mad? idea? Because this is actually quite a good idea. So who really came up with this? I know. This? Your I, came up I, do, I do. I do. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I think that's a good was... idea. Because like, like you say, now everything is sat all on the satellites. Um, you know exactly when they stop. Yeah. When it happens. Excuse me. Yep. You just give them the time. I mean, when you stop to save someone else that's had an accident, if you try to help them, you get the time back. You know, it's, it's quite a simple thing. So I don't think I'm mad. Tell me below. I want to know. Please, some of you say that's a that's brilliant one, idea, too. That is a, that is a very good Where's idea. Where's a rallying commentator? I must tweet to, I don't know who the guru of rallying is. Because you do not is. want a race to be, uh, the result of a race, based on luck. And I know it's yeah. not always like that, but it, it, if you've yeah. got the best driver, the best car, the best yeah. everything, but they get bad luck with a puncture, that could be eradicated. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. I like Ooh. it. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, what do I know? If I only do a <laughs> motorsport podcast with you, I don't know. Anything <laughs> Good, I like that. And and feedback below, please, for uh, Mr. Nadell on his wonderful My brilliant ideas. rally change. Um, so IMSA, America, America, over the over the pond. Let's go oh, yeah, to America. It yeah, big three major international events in America. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. I haven't seen all the action except for I saw the E's. Uh, the best race, surely, was IMSA at the Glen with the hypercars, uh, the LMHDs, which the Americans call them um, GTPs, which is what they used to call their top sports car class. So they, they don't bother with the LMHD, but it is the same cars that went to Le Mans. Um, it's slightly a shame because it was a brilliant finish, all on the same lap at the end of a six-hour race. Um, Porsche took the flag first, ahead of BMW second, Cadillac third, and the Acura Hondas fourth. So fantastic. Four manufacturers. Amazing. First, unfortunately... <laughs> Uh, the Porsche had a skid block that was millimetres too thin or something. So um, the poor old Porsche got disqualified, which was a bit of a shame because yeah. um, it's after always six, a shame when, after when you six hours, after yeah. six hours. Oh, no. uh, so the BMW had its first win and they probably needed a bit of a thing, but that was the Rahal team that I, I met at Indy. They run the, yeah. those cars, the BMW hypercars, uh, GTPs. And... Um, which is quite good news for the first one. Um, Nick Yellowley, a British driver, was one of the Brits sharing that car with the American Connor De Filippi. So we had a British one on the podium for the uh, main event. Uh, British driver Ben Hanley was one of the crew in the LMP2 winners. And the British pairing of Jack Hawksworth and Ben Barnicote won the GTD, GTD Pro <laughs> class um, for the Lexus. So that's good news all around. A good weekend and just great spectacle. Watkins Glen, plenty if of action. Have, I didn't. Is it a handicap it, uh, system over there with weights? No, what's what, so that? They're all. I think the GT 
I'm not sure whether the GT, the Hyper LMP, LMHD, or what they call GTP cars, are all the same weights. Because they run spec um, hybrid systems. They run a spec gearbox, spec, spec hybrid uh, regen systems. Um, so there are, there's a, quite a lot of elements. So I, I don't know. Let me know, an American listener, viewer, um, whether they're all the same. I think they're all identical. But of course, at Le Mans, they did give the Chevrolet, didn't they? They gave them more weight. So I don't know. I don't know whether individually they're done or not. And where was it? We need to investigate. Where was it? What track? Watkins Glen. So great oh, track, young Formula One track. So yeah. Nice. But yeah, where are the Cadillacs? The Cadillac, Cadillac did get given more weight at Le Mans. So maybe it does carry more weight than a BMW or a Porsche. We need to find out. So an exciting race, lots of manufacturers involved in the mix. Yeah, um, I didn't really, I didn't really see it, see much of it, or see or find what out. What about was. NASCAR? Where was that, and what happened? Yeah, Nashville, uh, Nashville. Reporter. Not, not the, not the most exciting of races. <laughs> so but I didn't miss but, anything. So not watching, it, I didn't miss anything. No, well, you, you missed the fact that it, the, the, the number one, the. Um, um, Ross oh, yeah. Chastain, sorry, Ross, Ross Chastain, the Melon Man won. So it's quite a good story for the fans love the Melon Man or hate yeah. him or boo him. He's a bit of a marmite. <laughs> and, um, he's had a terrible season this year, hasn't won anything. He's not very well at the points. He's upset as he always does fellow drivers because he's caused a few accidents by yeah. his over-enthusiasm on the track. But he's over-enthusiasm when he won the race. It, it was, it was, they were on pole and he pretty much paced the race but he had a lot of, he was challenged by Martin Truex was chasing him down but his tyres were going off and they were so it wasn't that spectacular um, but of course his donuts were over the top enthusiastic and his tyres were shredded and then of course he stands on the roof of the car and they give him a melon and he smashes the melon and he's got a huge grinning smile all over his face and he's struggled through he's, he's a bit like Jake Dixon in many ways because he's got big smiling yeah. teeth and he's, and he's loved I think by the fans so, uh, yeah, not the most exciting race at Nashville, but a great story that um, uh, Ross Chastain is back on the winning I just, circuit. I just had to get Google why they call him the Melon Man, and uh, he's eighth-generation melon, melon yeah. Um, yeah. farmer. Melon farmer. Eighth generation. Um, and the five was fifth. The five of Kyle Larson was fifth. He wasn't on the pace, didn't he? He doesn't go well at Nashville. It's funny how some of these drivers and teams, certain tracks, um, are their bogey tracks. They just can't get the handling set up that works. What's your bogey um, track, Tiff? Have you got one or are you just fast Silver everywhere? Silverstone Club Circuit. Or sh- or I've won everywhere. in my Formula Ford days and Formula <laughs> Ford 2000. I've won at every track in Britain, every one of them, apart from the Silverstone Club Circuit, the old short triangle. Do you know how many I've won at? How many circuits I've won at? Um, none. <laughs> so yeah, Silverstone Short Circuit was my bogey track. So you're not the most expected NASCAR race, but this weekend's will come to you later. You'll have to watch NASCAR. Formula um, E. Oh, flipping hell. <laughs> so what, what, e, how was it with Dan Tickton, by the way? Because he that was so like, naughty. How he's oh, no, to I haven't. I, he was still in. He was still in the team, so he wasn't binned. <laughs> I would have so they went him. to Portland, which is a full-on IndyCar circuit, and it's made up of a huge wide... The main straight is a runway, very wide, and then most of it's fast and flowing. And, of course, all the drivers were predicting that because of not enough hairpins, not enough big degen slowing zones, they're going to have to lift and coast massively. And you couldn't lead. You had to get out of the lead so you could slipstream somewhere else. Oh, and it was laughable. But, I mean, even before it, all the fun started, the DS Penske team... 
um, they were both put at the back of the grid, uh, John Eric Verne and Stoffel Van Horn, because they were caught stealing data with a scanner. So this is what? No no, This is why all motorsport is too scientific now. So what they were doing is as the opposition cars came into the um, garage, they had a scanner on the way in to see what mold number of tyre, what... I think they obviously have different batches. Wow. So they, they were trying to. So when someone had good, done a good lap time, they could check with his scanner what tire batch it had come. Something like that. So anyway, Pence could have put wow. it. Wow. However, everyone was saying it didn't matter where you qualified anyway because yeah. nobody was going to. It was a forty-lap race, I think, something like that. Hold back, hold knew, back, hold back, hold back, yeah, hold back. Nobody was going to race until about the thirty-eighth lap. They're all yeah. saying you just have to conserve, conserve. So we had this spectacle. They were coming down the main street five, six wide sometimes. <laughs> and they just was this huge pack going incredibly slowly for, for 30 odd laps or 20. I don't know if the race was 30 laps or 40. I mean, for 90% of the race. They, and they were just all sort of after you, you know, after me, and they bumped into each other occasionally and they sort of sought to get a better position. And, um, and so it was all down to the, you know, the team that's got the best computer and the best drivers that are saving, stay keeping with the pack and saving um, energy. And uh, again, it's the top two energy savers, really, the top two in the championship that did it best. So it shows us a skill that, you know, even the teammates weren't with them. So Nick Cassidy in the um, Envision team uh, got to the front of the pack with the, with the three or four laps to go and, then, and led to the finish. Um, and pole position man Jake Dennis in the Andretti, which has got the Porsche engines in it. Um, Envision's got the Jaguar engines. Um, he, he came second. And there's now, actually, there's only one point gap. I think Cassidy's one point behind Jake Dennis. It's quite an exciting points thing. With only, it was a doubleheader at Berlin and then a doubleheader in London to decide the championship. For, and for those that the, the, the maybe don't listen to us every week or, or regularly, um, we can't speak any high, more highly of the drivers, it's, but the racing <laughs> yeah, 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 we're not yeah. particularly enamoured with. But uh, the drivers are some of the world's best drivers. Uh, yeah, but it's just, it's, it's, it's not racing. It's, uh, it's and the point is, if, if you're a sort of a teenage uh, child that's never been to a motor race before and you were taken to Portland to watch these world, world Formula E championship, you might have thought, wow, you know, that's close. They're all five abreast racing. Look at them racing yeah. into the third. They're five wide houses. Can I go, no. Well, in fact, they're not really racing. Yeah, but, if, if, but if that gets people interested in motor racing, then that's a good thing, Tiff. If, mm. if, well, it's if more like Tour de France. France. Bicycle fans might like it. Tour de France, of course, <laughs> they all cruise around in a pack, chatting to each other for like, you know, 80% or 60% yeah. of the whole Tour de France. And then when it comes to important bits, the sprinters come to the fore. So Formula E has become a sprinter's race. Who can save the most and then have enough left to sprint to the finish at the end? It's, it's not for me, personally. But uh, if, they no. could race, if they could race flat out, then I think it would be a very exciting yeah. series. Nice, they, nice they do 10 laps. But it's 10 laps. They do 10 laps. Yeah. Not much telly, is it? 15-minute race. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> travel all around the world but when you look at the garages each team's got what eight boffins <laughs> with screens and computers oh my goodness and all we yeah. want is a few grand for our podcast and you've got millions <laughs> to spend on this <laughs> oh uh, dear right, so that was it let's go back to you before we go to the crescendo which is Silverstone and there was a load happening so we need a bit of time for Silverstone um, let's go to Holland because it was I think it was yes. quite good they had um, the F1 Academy Zandvoort. Yeah. Zandvoort yeah but oh, 
It's because we don't see much. I think you can you can probably find videos of it on the internet if so you it's go like search. Formula Ford is um, it? It's typical, similar sort of thing. Single seat. No, Formula like, Four. Formula Four. Four. Sorry. Yeah. yeah Formula Four. So they're wings and slicks. Yeah. And there were two wins. Anyway, these Emirati sisters, the Kwabassis, seem to be doing quite well. And yeah. Hamda Al Kwabassi won two races and is, is now is only five points behind Marta Garcia um, in the in the championship. Um, but you know, I mean, the, the, the Al Kwabassis they raced the Winter Series um, Formula Four, proper Formula Four. Um, we'll come on to we, that. In we, a we looked up in January and February, you know, and yeah. they were they were finishing twenty eighth and 29th Yeah, uh, behind twenty six young boys, not not money, but lots with money. Um, but Abby Pulling, we just I don't know. Um, you know, we really thought Abby Pulling, the, the young British lady, would go. She was would, so good. W Series. I know she was so good in W Series, but she doesn't. I mean, it's a, it's a downgrade. So she's gone. She did Formula Four in England for two years or one and a half because she ran out of money, but she never won in Formula Four. But she had a seventh and a tenth, and I think in a retirement. In fact, Jess Edgar was the best British girl. Uh, she had two fourth places, but uh, neither of them are really challenging. They're both racing the Carlin team. Maybe the other teams have got a slightly better car setups. Who knows? Um, but one thing that Abby, if someone could tell Abby Pulling and all you kids out there in racing, what really annoys me is I try to follow you and I go on Twitter and I follow a driver um, like William McIntyre, who's doing Formula Four. He responds and he always puts his results up on his Twitter. And what, when things are bad, you've got to put your results. You can't just say, you know, I'm going, I'm going to racing Zambort. And I think Abby said it really suits me. I've been there before. But you've got to allow your followers to follow you and then put a tweet on a Monday, had a run rubbish weekend, you know, so you know. I'm not, saying this is, I'm not saying this is Abby, but all the of, drivers that don't do it, they don't do it because yeah. it's bad for the sponsors. Yeah. But, My but take, team, a, take a bit of ownership. Know. Take some ownership. And, and it didn't go well. And, no. and give us the reasons, but give us the results. Please. Yeah. Because my brother runs Barwell Motorsport, you know, yeah. it really used to do I'd follow him for the Spa 24 hour race or something. And, you know, you get 20, only four hours to go and we're running first and second in class. And then there were no more tweets. Yeah. <laughs> so some so way, well, and, 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 and because it went wrong, nobody thinks, you know, but you've got to always tweet your bad. Yeah, you want that's to a good use point. social media, tweet the good and the bad. Yeah. I agree. So, but uh, yeah, Formula Academy, they've got two weekends left, I think. Where are they going? Well, I don't know. I've got it written somewhere. But anyway, I think they've got, they're going to be at uh, the American Grand Prix, the only Grand Prix they support. Um, and the Academy, yes. They go to Good. Paul Ricard at the let's end go of to, July. Let's go to the proper Formula 4. That was uh, the headline at Silverstone this weekend. Did I tell you I was at Silverstone this yes, weekend? Yes, you, yeah, you did. You mentioned it. <laughs> don't mention it. I apologise in advance for my pronunciation of any names. Tiff is bloody brilliant at this. I'm rubbish. But... Um, uh, Formula Four, it was good. They, these guys are so young. I took Oliver with me, who's twelve, my son, and he doesn't look that different to a lot of the kids there. I think he could be fourteen to drive Formula uh, Formula Four. Um, so Koskun Ifram won the first race. There were three races: Noah Lizel, Lizel, second race, Lyle, probably. Yeah, and then the third race was James Piski. <laughs> The trouble is you have to always, when you look at these results again, it's hard sometimes to find it. You have to know which was the reverse grid race. I know. Because well, Formula 4s, Formula 4, they reversed the entire grid. So the bloke starting on pole is the slowest bloke, but then he just does his best to hang on. It was on. a bit dull, I'll be honest with you. I mean, maybe because the Caterham was... Just, the Caterham racing, I'm not, and I'm not blinking to this, but it is racing. There is, well, because they've got a slipstream. Because yes, they've got I know, slipstream. I know. And, I and know going that. back to Formula 1, 
I was now trying, as I said to you, I've said on this on this podcast, I was trying to imagine DRS is now just giving a Grand Prix car slipstream. So yes. um, I know it's artificial, but yeah, caterings have natural uh, slipstream. The old Formula Fords do, but as soon as you put wings on the bloody things, yeah, you, you, you don't get a toe. So the Formula Fours and Formula Three, GB Threes and GB Fours. They do find it hard to overtake. I should have found um, out which was the first group, but I would imagine uh, race three, James, uh, he stuck it on pole um, for quality. So I would say that he was, he, that probably wasn't a reverse grid, but uh, Carlin, Carlin and Hightech were the three, uh, manif- uh, the, the teams there. Um, it was good to see, but it's funny. These kids are bloody serious. They're walking around the paddock and they've got all their gear on and their headphones and they're all looking very serious. You just think, God, maybe you should, Try and enjoy it whilst well, you can. Well, that's the pressure. That's modern mm. motorsport for you. That's what annoys me. You know, they've got to have the helmet designer and the fitness coach and the eye tester. <laughs> yeah. So, Brick Car, uh, Jade Edwards. What a lovely girl Jade is. Uh, lady. Girl, was she having a go? Person. Was she having a Brick Car ride? Yeah, she, she was, she was helping out an a, a amateur driver. Well, good. Um, well, good. She's having a miserable time in touring cars. She's got the well, slowest it's... car, the touring car, uh, group, poor girl. But she's got the money together to get a but it's not the most expensive deal and she's not got the best car. But she's so good at promoting, you know, women in motorsports. You know, well, because she's what... so bloody good. She's so fast. Why didn't she do mm. W Series? I know she's not really single-seater. No, she was one of the ones that came out quite early on. She was, she was already in the middle of trying to find sponsors for touring cars. And, and uh, her, her whole programme is what she wants to be up against everybody. She didn't want to be in a special class. She doesn't want it's to be the first a million dollars a year prize money. I know. I know. And free motor was. racing. No sponsors. Well, she... Don't have to worry about any know. of that. Well, quite, I mean, Sophia Flourish turned it down as well. She'd done Formula 3. Um, there was a few um, came out against it. What a charming, uh, lovely person. I met her in the, yeah, in the hotel. Yeah, she's She stuck, stuck on pole. She got the fastest lap. They were leading by five seconds, came in to change over to her um, teammate and Mike, and um, they had gearbox issues, so I think they finished last. And the, the race... Well, what is, what is that now? Is it just a mix of hot hatches? Or, yeah, or it's not of... just hot hatches. The, the winner was Axel Van Neverveen. In a Ginetta, so there's a oh. bit of all sorts in there. Lap time around the GP circuit was 2:21. If you go to Formula Four, the lap time was just 2:02. So um, they're, they're fast. They're, they're, what they're about occasions? What's your fastest lap around the Silverstone Grand Prix circuit? Mine was 2:32 and a half around a. That's in a road sport car. And actually, and would, you, would you have won? If you, is that a competitive time? You're 2:32. Who was on pole this year for road sports then? Uh, Freddie Chillick smashed it. Fred turned up, didn't do quite... Didn't no, do Fred's not in road sports anymore, is he? I, I know, he's, no, he's not. You're right, Fred, you're right, you're right. So um, you're road sports class. You raced last year, you did 2.32. So who was winning road sports this year? Well, bizarrely, Ed Cozzi won the first race, and it's his first... I didn't realise, so he's the Jake Dixon of Caterham. I didn't realise he hadn't had a win yet. So it was his first win, he came up from Academy, and he was always, always there on the podium. So congratulations to Ed. He was... Uh, I'm not sure. I think about 2.34 his lap time. Um, then Ben Timmons, this is the one. Ben Timmons is a standout, exceptional talent. He's, everybody says what an exceptional talent he is. And he is. He's leading the championship. He won the second race. He had a bit of food poisoning on the first race. But he was his fastest lap of the weekend was 2.34 and a half. So two seconds. So, well, they've obviously got slower tarts. You mean you, you were quicker? You mean you would have been, you would have no, been on pole? It you, you know your, it your doesn't. Your imply. It doesn't work that way because because if there's racing, if you get a slipstream, but but funny, the fastest laps overall were two thirty three. The fastest lap overall for road sport for the whole weekend. The they must have changed the tires. Must have changed the They haven't changed the tires, and also I thought it must be the conditions because it's super hot over the weekend, but it wasn't because Fred and uh, Charlie and the boys were they were 
they were close to the overall lap record. So, yeah, very strange that. But when you're racing, of course, you don't... Oh, I know, around Silverstone, you get a toe. So you want to go yeah. back. What you're trying to say is you desperately want to be back racing K-Troops. Well, I Any desperately sponsors do. Out there? When I, and, and I would be in the 270s with all the road sport guys now, um, which I would love to do because they're such a lovely group. They're, they're, out, you remember our group? It was a, there was a, little, it was a little bit bitchy. Yeah. At some well, yeah, as always. Yeah. Um, no, not always because this group now, the road sport group now, there's such a lo lovely bunch of lads. Really, really good. And there's some, some ladies in there as well. Let me just quickly run through Caterham. Um, so 270s. Fred dominated. Stuck it on pole, didn't do any practice, stuck it on pole, won all three races. Him and Charlie Lower stand out above everybody else. It's just those two, um, really. So well done for Fred. Um, and then in the three tens, so Don Mansport is winning the championship. He won uh, first race, Harry Cook second, and Lars Hoffman, his German uh, uh, colleague or friend, uh, won the third race in the three tens. And finally, the fastest laps of the weekend were set in the BEC, British Endurance Championship, of an Audi R8 GT3. They're doing lap times, about two minutes, but there's so many different classes. You've got A, B, C, D, E, F, and there's 16 seconds difference in, in Everyone's classes. a winner. Everyone's a winner. But Peter, E, Craig, and Marcus Clutton won that. Uh, and there was an Aston Martin Vulcan racing in that same race. You got you got all sorts of things. You got an Aston Martin Vulcan worth two or three million dollars. Variety is the spice. Variety is the spice. So it's a clubby, clubby meeting. But let me Good just fun. qualify one thing. For the amount of people that said, oh, I saw you crash into that AMG uh, Mercedes on the first lap in a Seat Cupra, it was Ashley Woodman, no relation <laughs> to Paul Woodman, that crashed. I was there. So you're getting later. blamed for crashes in races you weren't there. even in. I always get any crash within 100 yards. It's my fault. Um, so I was there as a guest of Caterham and I loved it. But I watched lots of racing, met with a lot of people. As I said, so many people came up and said they love this podcast, but it doesn't look like it when you um, look at the viewing figures. So please share it around. Tell your friends, tell your dog and your cat and your neighbor. Tell you half an hour and yeah. rally people, rally people. And we tell you what's on next weekend, you see. We tell what is you on what you might weekend? be missing. You might miss it if you won't listen to our podcast. We've got the Aust Austrian Grand Prix. I don't like the Red Bull Ring. It's not the most exciting track, but it's, it's spectacular scenery. Formula 1, Formula 2 and Formula 3. Then we've got Mid-Ohio, um, IndyCar and the Indy NXT with Jamie Chadwick, of course, trying to get up the grid a bit further, which is a great track, spectacular. I bet. Um, Jamie, I don't mean to be. I don't mean disrespectful, but I bet Jamie is one of those ones that doesn't put her results on Twitter. <laughs> well, they should. Um, uh, I mean, British World Superbikes comes to Britain, so you can go and see Resgli Gotlu and um, all the others battling away in there. Chris Raya. Um, Where's Spa, that? Tim? Belgium, Where, Donington. Super World Superbikes at Donington. Uh, or you can pop over and in the tunnel over the channel and head to Spa for the GT3, the um, 24 hours. Absolutely. It's almost, it's, it's growing in reputation. And it's almost like going to uh, Le Mans. You know, if you, if you get the camping going and a lot of big British yeah. fans go for the Spa 24 hours, an epic race always. Um, well, it's over in America, apart from the uh, Indy, an Indy Next, Next NXTs. We got this spectacular sounding Chicago street race. Um, so it's a new track for NASCARs and I think it's bumpy and tight uh, and you're going to have 40 cars going around wow. between the walls and in amongst them is going to be our Jensen Button, who of course did one NASCAR race, I forget where. He was at a Road America who did one, didn't he? Um, then of course he did the Le Mans 24 hour race so he's becoming a bit of a NASCAR fan so he's in one of the cars. At, I uh, love Chicago. Jensen. 
I love it. What's he like in real life? Is he a nice guy? Yeah, lovely. Just, just lovely. Yeah, just brilliant. Yeah. yeah, just nice, relaxed. And also, as I mentioned, that I got the wrong race last time. This this Kiwi, the the Australian supercar superstar Shane Van Ginsburg, is coming over to race around uh, Chicago. And I think I'd, I'd back Van Ginsburg to be ahead of Button, to be honest. It's more his scene. So lots of diff- very different forms of motorsport that you can enjoy at the weekend. And I can confirm that Silverstone are well and truly getting ready in two weeks' time for the British Grand Prix because they've got all sorts of construction going on, including one, the most bizarre thing, Red Bull. I mean, who thinks of these things? Red Bull have put a skate ramp up between the hospitality and the track, so you can't see the track. You see the skate ramp. Just nuts. Red Bull. Which hospitality? The, the, um, where the Hilton Hotel is, the new Hilton Hotel. Oh, down there. Overlooking the start-finish line, overlooking the new pits. And say money, they say money doesn't talk. Well, it does talk because um, Brad Pitt's Formula One film, they, they wanted to film on the Thursday, last Thursday. So they cancelled, just cancelled the track day. So all these people that paid their money, booked hotels, they just cancelled it all to allow them to have an extra day filming on the Thursday because they're going to be there. They're going to be filming as if they're a team in the British Grand Prix a Hollywood film within the Grand Prix. So there's going to be two more cars, I believe, on the grid for the British Grand Prix that aren't in the race. That is just the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Have you heard of anything? They won't won't be on the grid, though. Apparently they are. All the teams have agreed to it. But when they not start? They will start and they will do a lap or or something. Who's driving them? You'd have to have a super lap. You can't be on the... I'm going to have to find out this information. But that's what, what cars told, have they got? Then? That's what I was told on the weekend. We'll find out. I'll find out. If you know, before me, let me know in the comments. What cars are they running? Who are the drivers? Driving? And where will they be on the grid? Because this is Hollywood, so they're going to have to say that they're starting a, a fairly reasonable place within the grid. Otherwise, it's not Hollywood. If they start at the back and they finish at the back, that's not exactly a Hollywood movie, is it? I'm not sure I'm going to be rushing to watch this film. Somehow. Oh, it, it, I, the, the most irritating thing about these sort of films is the um, not the continuity is 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 how accurate they are. You know, when you changing down, changing down on the straight, <laughs> flat out on the straight, change down to overtake. <laughs> That's the worst thing, changing down to overtake on a straight. No, you would, it would just never would happen. All the changing up. Go to the engine. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Good stuff. Thanks Very for watching, good. everybody. Don't forget to tell your friends. It would really help us out. And see you next week.